Welcome back to another edition of Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting there with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Stitcher. And you know what? Check out the website, miserable-reckless.com for blog content and merch. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, start it off this week. Yeah, I got it. I'll start it off. So good. We uh, I took the kids to grandma's this past weekend so Crystal could work some, get caught back up on, on work, and uh, had a really good weekend. Um, took Brody to the uh, football field and track over at my old high school and let him ride his bike around, and uh, he decided he wanted to run with the football and throw it and try and catch it at the same time. And I'm like, well, if you want to be like Tom Brady, you're already on the right track, man. Tom Brady had to do that a couple of games, one particular Super Bowl, and it comes to mind where he was throwing the football and might as well have been catching it too because nobody else was. <laughs> um, bad, let's see. Well, I was keeping it short and screwing the bad. It's uh, a couple of days removed from the Super Bowl and Dan Snyder still owns the Redskins. So uh, no update on that front on him selling the team yet to uh, anybody. He's apparently holding out for $7 billion when uh, Forbes rated, told it's telling us that his team's worth, I think, about, about $5 billion. So, Danny Boy, your math is a little off, my friend. Uh, what's, what's a couple billion between friends? <laughs> Just a couple billion. <laughs> um, and then, uh, great. Uh, college baseball and college softball uh, starting off. Here and um, looking like the Hokies on on both both fronts are going to be uh, they're predicted to have really good seasons this, this year. So I'm looking forward to that. That was my good, bad, and great. All right, Dustin, <clears throat> good, bad, and the ugly. Yep, I, I've got a good, ugly, ugly, but. Before I jump into all of that without saying too much, a couple of folks in the miserable and reckless family and, and world uh, got some bad news with uh, their pet in the past week. Um, you know who you are. Uh, just want to say we love you. We're sorry to hear it. Um, we'll say some prayers for you and we'll be thinking about you. So just know you have folks who, who care about him and love you too. Um, now for my my, I guess two goods and an ugly will be positive to start. Uh, I got to go back a couple weeks for the first good. Finally, standing in the same room as uh, Mr. Ryan over here, uh, Duke won a game that he and I were both uh, Duke won a basketball game that he and I were both in the same room for. Um, football, we've had good luck. I, I've attended a couple games with him, come out victorious. That's been fun. But basketball, it just seems like every time it's a loss. Well, this time we were together in Raleigh, Duke Carolina game. We got to watch it before we went to road trip to Raleigh. Duke came out on top, played a hell of a game. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it all the way around. Go to hell, Carolina. Finally breaking into some of that bad streak of luck I had here. Maybe maybe the skies are opening up and the the days are getting brighter. I don't know. But maybe not. Maybe it's a fluke. But either way, I'm happy to finally get a win standing in the same room as, as Ryan over here. Um, 
to keep things, this, this is all going to be Duke related, so y'all can have fun with this. Uh, another positive is Sorry. last night. <laughs> it's basketball season. Once that's over, I'll have other things to talk about, or I'll just skip this segment. Um, the, uh, last night uh, at the Duke game, um, Notre Dame was in town. Mike Bray is on his retirement tour, as we discussed on a previous episode. So that meant Coach K was in the house. Him and his wife came to the game. First time that they had been in Cameron uh, without him as head coach. Um, he generally has stayed away um, and still seems committed to doing so just for distraction purposes, which I can kind of get. But I loved seeing him there. Um, it just feels right to see him in that building. Um, it makes makes me smile and makes me happy to see him there. Um, I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. Wish he'd come around a little bit more, um, understand why he's kind of committed to trying not to. But uh, it was good to see him and his wife in the house, and she was having a good old time. I think probably all the pressure of was gone, and um, she got to actually be a, a fan <laughs> for for once, which was kind of cool. Um, he was emotionless because I guess he didn't want stories written about it, but she was uh, clapping and cheering and all all good stuff so she had a good time my ugly uh and i'm sure all y'all will see this coming is acc officiating is awful i oh boy logan we all amped up about this i have something to add to this after dusting because this is part of my good the bad and the ugly as well so there twice i'm going to cover two instances that have Cost us Duke opportunities to win games this year. And the biggest, the biggest is the most recent. Duke went down to Charlottesville or up to Charlottesville. They played a really good ball game on the road, which is something they've struggled doing this year. Drew up a play, executed on it, got fouled. The officials called the foul in the game as it as it exactly happened. Went to the monitors, overthought it, overturned it, went to overtime, lost the game. ACC, because of all the attention and, you know, everybody's got a a view and a camera and the ability to replay this stuff these days, had to admit they got the call wrong. Had Had they kept the call as it stood, Duke would have gone to the line with no time left on the clock and two shots. All you had to do was make one, you win the game. You lead town. Would he have made them both? Kyle Filipowski is the he. We don't know because we'll never find out because they got the call wrong. Awful officiating. I don't understand how they got that wrong. It, the, the replays on television were clear as daggone day uh, sitting there looking at it, yet they got it wrong. I can tell you what, Coach K had been on the sideline. That wouldn't have happened. Um, you can tell first year. John Shire, no clout. They they have not been kind to him in situations like that, which is also funny enough. Uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, there was another call by ACC refs that was wrong and potentially cost Duke an opportunity at a win on the road, and that was at Virginia Tech when Kyle Filipowski got punched in the throat, which is a flagrant one foul by the rule. Anything above the shoulders. Intent doesn't matter. There isn't, you know, you can't wave it off. They didn't call that either. That would have been two shots in the ball. 
So what I'm just saying here is, what's going on with ACC officials that they can't get the rules right? Like, that's two instances, two game-changing calls that would they have worked out in Duke's favor? Who knows? But we won't know because they didn't get them right. So it's bad. And I don't understand how they it can be this bad. And they need to do something to fix it or have a better system or something. Or maybe they need to have somebody down in Greensboro or one day Charlotte, you know, who's knows the rules and can call into the games and explain it to them. Something's got to be fixed because this is awful. That's two games this year in the stretch of a, what, a month where they got game-changing calls wrong. And just to continue this thread, I'll jump into my good, the bad, and the ugly because this is part of it. It's also my my really bad. And this has affected almost every team in the ACC, including UNC. UNC got screwed against Pitt earlier in the year. Like, that. that's obvious. ACC officiating is a problem. Duke got screwed against Virginia. The foul differential in the Carolina State game was ridiculous. Then the Syracuse game last night, we were on the road. We lost 75-72 at Syracuse. We had a we had DJ Burns down like two feet from the basket uh, in a one point game, getting ready to take the lead, and the they called him for a charge on what was an obvious flop because there wasn't that much contact, and they get the ball back, and then we we have to foul. They end up winning by three. That's not the even the big issue with that. During this game, there's a referee by the name of Burt Smith. That Burt Smith is an ACC official. And he specifically, and this is not a microcosm of only one game. This has been a trend for every NC State game he's called this year, of which he's called seven. In those seven games that NC State has um, has played that he's been calling, he disproportionately calls more fouls against the pack than any other official in the in the league. He's, he called 13 fouls on NC State last night, two against Syracuse. The other two officials called seven combined fouls on NC State and like eight combined fouls on Syracuse. Bird Smith, the record in games that he plays is three and four. They're 20 and seven overall. Four of the losses have been when this man is disproportionately affecting games just because of he's keeps an eye on NC State more than any other official in the league. As Kevin Keats said to Jim Beheim after the game, and Kevin Keats addressed the media, he goes, it's not a, a that I'm saying the entire game was wrong and everything was against us. He goes, but in a late game situation, you want the players to control the game, not the officials. If this is Hubert Davis has complained about the officials. John Shires complained about the officials. Kevin Keats has, and I'm sure there have been other coaches that have kind of tiptoed around it because we know there's a fine involved from the league office. It is a problem when the commissioner, Jim Phillips, has to send out a letter to address a problem that has been a persistent uh complaint from every almost every fan base in the league this year the reality is and Jim Beheim, I can't disagree with him Jim Beheim told Kevin Keats they they were like ended up it was very amicable it wasn't like it was like very like harsh with each other but they were talking about the the it, during the um the handshake line talking about this and you kind of read their lips but Beheim looked at him and says I've been fucked out of a game this year too and it because it has happened to Syracuse this year ACC officiating is a problem. It's the worst officiating in um, of the six major college basketball conferences. And uh, it's it's finally at a point where the majority of the conference is kind of all ringing the same bell here. Whether we're overworking the officials, because there's an argument for that. If you look at how many games and the travel schedule for these guys, it's ridiculous. But maybe we don't have enough officials. Maybe we don't have good enough officials. But um, just to give you kind of a one last point here, TV Teddy Valentine, 
is not allowed to officiate the Final Four this year because he's so awful. Like he, they said that he is not allowed to officiate in the Final Four. He has done multiple Final Fours in the past, but that man has never met a camera that he doesn't love. The ACC officiating sucks, and uh, it really needs to be addressed because it's getting to a point that it is affecting all of us. This isn't just something that the NC State fans have complained about at times over the years, but once again, give it enough time, the problem gets worse and it starts affecting more people, and people see there is a problem with the ACC officiating. So. That is my really bad of the week. I just, it's, it blows my mind. <laughs> it sounds like the problem with inflation. It starts with the poor people. That's when problems get addressed. Damn it, I want to address. It's, in, it's impacting my team now, and it, I want it addressed. <laughs> It was a conspiracy theory back when I was ringing the bell for years. <laughs> right. It's a conspiracy theory when NC State is getting – we covered this – Dustin was it on. We covered this last weekend. Logan can't watch the game without sputtering out foul every three seconds while we're watching a Duke <laughs> Carolina. I'm like, could you pipe down? Now all of a sudden the Dukes had a couple calls not go their exact direction. Uh, now all of a sudden it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Now this is something that needs to be addressed. To be clear, it isn't a couple of calls that didn't go their direction. It's two calls that changed the course of the game completely. Yeah. In, in it, the same it, way that Carolina did get screwed here. against Pitt earlier in the year. They did. It's that was a, a that was a game-altering call in favor yes. of Pitt. I didn't even bring it up here because I know what happens when I bring up Carolina basketball here. It's just <laughs> a, a three-on-one dog pile. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know what it sounds like? Is I know what your problem is, is. You just need to stay out of the state of Virginia. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's a conspiracy. I'm just asking questions. Like why? And you, and you have, in the you have every right to ask questions. But it, it sounds like your problem lies in, in just Virginia because your two teams you mentioned, UVA and Virginia Tech, so maybe don't come to Virginia anymore. <laughs> All right, y'all come to Cameron. We'll play there. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a fair trade. <laughs> home, home, and no way. Home, home, and no hell, way with both of y'all. Hell fucking no. <laughs> what Morgan's too nice to say is everyone's entitled to an opinion, and opinions are like. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is not an opinion. Both of both of those were no, fouls. You're up, you're, you're By the rule, they're they fouls. Were. They were. Period. They were. They were they just didn't get called because they're awful officials. Morgan, I'm sure you can agree with me on this. It's finally when the two blue schools have been victims of it. It's finally being addressed because it's finally a problem. It's finally a problem now. And look, if that's what it takes, then by all means, let's screw John Chire and Hubert Davis out of a couple more games. Maybe we'll get this fixed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> because God knows I have years, been reading this past, alarm for we, a long year, time. Years past, we were told to shut the hell up and just, and just maybe just start winning. Just stop fouling, right? <laughs> That's what they told us. <laughs> what? I just want mine fixed. I'm not really concerned about it. <laughs> <laughs> Either but way. I, I, I will say, I'm, I've put a point on it again because we were talking about because I brought up Coach K. If Coach K was on the sideline for both of those, both of those, no way those calls went that way. Not a chance. They would have gone, they would have been called as fouls just because that's how it it works. 
It's and probably because to show up last night because he wanted to make sure there was no fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't for Mike Bray. <laughs> totally because of the fouls. <laughs> Either way, ACC officiating needs to get fixed ASAP. But uh, all right, so my somewhat good because it all depends on the outcome of the game. I'm looking forward to this Sunday, 1 p.m. We have UNC versus NC State. Should be a a fun matchup. It was a pretty fun game overall, uh, regardless of the officiating that I've talked about on here in the past. It was still a pretty fun <laughs> game back and forth um, last time. This one's a PNC, and you know both teams need the win. Carolina arguably probably needs it a little more, um, sitting at 16 and 10. State's at 27 right now, but they they both are not realistically out of. You know, it's four games to go left in the season. Both are not realistically out of getting a double bye. State's sitting at fifth place in the conference right now. It's kind of a bottleneck from five on down to like seven or eight. So this home stretch for everybody is really important. So that's going to be a big one. You know, State Carolina this Sunday, tune in. Um, And then my last good is uh, the Ernest album that came out. He packaged it as a deluxe album. Um, So it's like from track, like the last 13 tracks is the new album um, on Spotify, but it's called Flower Chops, the album, Two Dozen Roses. It, It was very very good i was actually my it exceeded my expectations what i expected but sonically and lyrically a couple of misses on there but overall very good record we reviewed it uh on country and gold kansas week on our annual valentine's day episode that we always do that because there always seems to be a release that uh comes out the the week of valentine's day this year it was earnest uh so check that out country and gold kansas spotify apple podcast so that's my really bad potentially good pending the outcome and good of the week. All right, Ryan, close this out. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure. Um, first things first, I've been sitting on this one for a minute, um, but we are recording this on a Wednesday. We are recording this on a Wednesday leading up to a Sunday, which is the most important Sunday of the year. Why? Because it is the Daytona 500 this Sunday. And that means that on Wednesday, uh, what's the most important takeaway from the Super Bowl, everybody? Repeat after me. The Daytona 500 is one week away. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> um, in case you wanted to know why we think the Super Bowl sucks, uh, we have a whole episode on that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Wednesday night is when they do the um, the qualifying. So there's a, there's a couple spots. It's, a, it's, a, it's an open race. A lot of people try and compete. It's, a, it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. They um uh they uh can get a lot of exposure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's people that can race their way in, right? What does that mean? Well, it means that there's a certain set amount of cars, right? Certain people have charters, which means that they get to automatically run because they pay enough money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's people that can race their way in. They get to basically have like a like like miserable and reckless, if we had enough money, could sponsor a guy and say, hey, dude, you know what you're doing. And we could have a miserable and reckless branded car and we could put him into the qualifying just along with everybody else. And if he ran fast enough, then he gets to ride around with miserable and reckless on the hood all day Sunday in last place. And when he runs into the wall, we get a lot of really good coverage for our logo, which is kind of awesome. So that's kind of the point of why they do this. Why do I bring all of this up? Annapolis's own Travis Pastrana, as uh, I say, I've been sitting on this a couple of weeks, is racing at the Daytona 500. Uh, he's 39 years old. He lives about 15, 20 minutes away from me. 
um, on a big compound. He's got all sorts of hills and jumps and all sorts of crazy stuff. If you ever watch Nitro Circus, the TV show or the movie, um, most of the uh, jumps and dirt hills and forest and stuff like that that you see is on his compound and technically he lives in Davidsonville, which is a suburb of Annapolis. I don't know why Annapolis is not that big enough to have suburbs, <laughs> but um, this is where he's been from. And he qualified tonight with another little known, known guy who was racing in the Daytona 500 um, by the name of Jimmy Johnson. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. Um, so uh, Jimmy Johnson had to race his way back in because he had been in IndyCar for a while. So those two guys will be racing on Sunday. The reason why that's kind of interesting, Travis Pastrana has wanted to do this his whole life. If you don't know anything about Travis Pastrana, um, he's pretty much raced everything that there is to race when it comes to motorsports. Um, and he'll do pretty much anything there is to do. Think jackass, but with talent. And what I mean is not to disparage the jackass guys, but um, he's not interested in breaking bones, although he does. He's interested in trying to land, you know, uh, four backflips on a, on a ATV off of a 50 foot jump uh, for a lark to get people out and, and, and about during COVID. Um, he decided he was going to jump his car, his Subaru over a bridge in Annapolis. And I do mean like a body of water. So he came racing down the colonial streets and then hit a ramp and jumped his car over the streets just to kind of give people something to talk about and something to do and have everybody be outside so they could be relatively safe and stuff like that. So this is the kind of guy that he is, and he's racing in the Daytona 500. I'm excited. He's ecstatic. If you find any Twitter or any uh, videos or interviews or just watch any of the coverage this weekend, um, he's sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee Company. You can't miss him. Um, he got a, uh, uh, he's got a black and gray uh, plaid paint job on his car, which is pretty funny. And the guy who gave him a shot at racing was not miserable and reckless. It was another little known guy you guys may have heard of named Michael Jordan. Um, so Michael Jordan has a race team with Denny Hamlin. So he is, uh, he is racing on the, uh, Michael Jordan's race team. So I was listening to an interview earlier today on Sirius and they asked him what it was like to be racing for Michael Jordan. And he said, Oh, you mean the most competitive guy in the world? Yeah. There's a little bit of pressure. <laughs> so he hopped in a car today for, uh, it's not the first time, but it's the first time that he's been in this version of the car. Cause they've changed considerably since he ran a couple races. 10 years ago the cars have changed considerably since then he has a different gearbox from a lot of other people so it's more familiar to him like than the cars that he's used to racing and uh and he qualified so the fact that he literally placed above he's never done it before and he placed above other professionals who are actively trying to do it and who are paid to do it tells you the talent this guy has and the laughable uh excitement and just intensity he has so I'm, I'm i'm very happy for that and he's somebody that's been a fan of mine me and morgan have watched his stuff for years and years and years well at least we used to watch it here is jimmy racing the 48 car no the 48 is owned by hendrick they yeah have, I, have, I was thinking he wasn't with hendrick anymore so that's why i was curious he has some he has some company that's his own entity because he decided to come back in and do just the daytona 500 he's not mm. doing all races and uh sorry Mark. <laughs> and long story short he's racing the uh 84 car <laughs> yeah because when i saw him doing i think it was carvana commercials <laughs> i knew that his uh relationship with hendrick must not be active anymore 
So he went with Carvana when he went over to Indy IndyCar. Yeah. Gotcha. So I have a bad and an ugly world into one. That's why I spent the time on the Pastrana thing. We did a whole episode on the Super Bowl. You guys spent all this time talking about officiating, which is great. Because my thing was about officiating. So, uh, and one other person. So, last Sunday, I had to sit through this extravaganza that we're all told is wonderful. All right. Now I'm a Patriots fan. I have been to my share. And by been to, I mean either in person or uh, for the events surrounding it, not the actual game, or just watched on TV. The Super Bowl is cool. But it's not this event that everybody makes it out to be. Um, what I am here to tell you is that having watched some sports uh, talk throughout the week, basically the two takeaways from the Super Bowl three, I should say, are this. The officiating sucked. The field was terrible. All right. And apparently Patrick Mahomes is the second coming of Tom Brady and the Chiefs are a dynasty and will be gone to anyone who says anything other than the Chiefs are the most wonderful team since sliced bread, even though nobody even picked the Chiefs to uh, win the game um, on Sunday. <laughs> nobody, none of the experts, anybody, which Travis Kelsey was more than happy to yell with expletives every single time you put a microphone near his face. Um, so that being said, they had the parade. They have their second championship in four years dynasty hashtag dynasty their third ever their third i'll mind you their third ever they've been a franchise roughly since the acme packers were because they played in the first super bowl together okay so that's how long it's taken them to win three rings let me just let's bring everybody back to earth this is my bad and my ugly patrick mahomes has now won two rings in years that end in one and three like somebody else I know named Tom Brady who won his first two rings in years that ended in one and three. Now Tom Brady won his third ring for him and for the Patriots in four years. That equals the total that the chiefs hashtag dynasty have for the entire time that they've been a franchise. He did it in four years, what it took them 70 years to do. I mean, just how many years did it take the Patriots to get to those three, but that's a side point. <laughs> We did. We went 96. We went 85 Bears. All right. So yeah, but just, winning, going and winning separate. But anyways, I'll let you continue. <laughs> this is not a problem with the Chiefs or with Mahomes. This is a problem with these sports media as a whole. That is my ugly. Hashtag dynasty. They're here forever, apparently. To just equal. And I'm not even this is look the fact that we're putting Patrick Mahomes in the conversation. I have nothing wrong with the guy. OK, to just equal. Tom Brady, who retired, what, a week ago? Okay. To just equal him, he will have to go to 12 of the next 17 AFC championship games. On top of the ones he's already been to, he will have to go to eight of the next 17 Super Bowls on top of the two he's already been to. He will have to win five of the next eight Super Bowls that he goes to. So five of the next seven, he'll have to go to five of eight and then he'll, or sorry, eight of 17, and then he'll have to win five of the 17. And also he'll have to play into his 40s. He will then only equal Tom Brady's seven rings, 10 Super Bowl appearances, and 14 conference championship appearances. So can we just pipe down? Just sports media, can we pipe down on the dynasty and the is he the next 
And it, that's like saying, like, is Armando Baycott the next Michael Jordan? Like, calm down. Calm down. Well, <laughs> Pat's a little closer to Tommy than Armando is MJ. But but now I'm let me preface by saying I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that because the odds of Pat playing into his 40s at that I have a level, I think, are not high. Um, could be wrong. Hope I am because I like Pat Mahomes, but not high. But through age 27, Pat's numbers and accomplishments and, and individual like awards won does beat Brady's through age 27. But Brady had that second half of his career. That, but So I'm saying, like in terms of how the career tracked, you see why they're going to jump on that. But I overall, I agree with your point. I'm not Mr. Tom Brady defender. I'm actually more Belichick, thanks to the Annapolis uh, connection there. <laughs> not a huge fan of Tom Brady one way or the other. I just, it was, if it wasn't already insufferable to watch on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I agree with your point, though, overall. It's, just, it's like, man, I, I found, I'll be honest, I found myself turning on the weather channel. I'm like, maybe there's a storm somewhere. <laughs> it's more interesting than watching this nonsense in the background. Be like, I remember the hurricane being fun to watch at Guy's Weekend. Let's see if we can find another. <laughs> yeah, when, when are they going to play the Super Bowl? Do y'all know? <laughs> Is there some sort of bomb cyclone that's going on somewhere? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. All right, so that's the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. Throw it over to Dustin for this special uh, holiday. Is it a holiday? We'll decide here in a minute. Themed episode. Post-holiday. Yeah, Yeah. whatever it is. Post-holiday. I don't know. I don't know. Um, So, I mean, look, we've all been there. That's kind of how I want to put this. I think we've all been there. You know, it's 8 p.m. night before. You're supposed to be a thoughtful individual, pretend to be a thoughtful individual. And you realize, oh no, I don't have anything for this holiday, not holiday. I don't know. So you're looking for reasons to get out of the house to like go try to get your card and, you know, something else. And you're like, do we need band aids? Um, is there is there something that like I can use an excuse to get to the to the grocery store or maybe CVS? Oh look, the the milk is is three quarters full. Pour that down the sink. Oh honey, we need milk. You know we got to have milk. So you you run down the street. You like I can't be without milk in the morning. So you get down the street <laughs> so you can find your card for this potential holiday, not holiday that we're going to talk about. It's all been picked over. Plus, all the cards are six or seven dollars. So you're over there in the in the two dollar card aisle. It used to be a dollar till inflation. Damn inflation. Um, yeah, and uh, picking through those, trying to find one that sort of works, and you can write, you know, special feelings inside of it. And then uh, then you're going through, and you're like, well, I might as well get some some candies. Maybe they have some Ferrero Rocher or some M and M's. Whatever, whatever it is that you know, you can find. And, um, and then, you know, you're thinking about what your, your old college roommates, mom told you, it's like, well, chocolate say, I love you. Flowers say, I'm sorry. So you're like, well, hell might as well get them both. So you get the, you get the sad little, uh, pink rose that nobody wanted. That's about to fall off, but that's all that's left. 
so you get that and the and the candy that you can find in the card and you go home and you got to sneak it in and pretend like you you know you plan this right we are of course talking about valentine's day that's pretty much how it goes every year for me i don't know about for y'all uh i can let you speak to your own lived experience if you want but but this uh this holiday, not holiday, I don't know what it is. I think we can get to the bottom of it here. But it is one that it just traps you. It traps you with your children, traps you with your significant other. Hell, it even gets you in trouble with your, your mom or your grandma if you're not you know on the right course with that. So I just kind of want to start with, you fellows, we, we we can get into some of our own uh, experiences. I know Morgan. I'm very interested in hearing uh, the kid perspective on your side of it. But I want to start with all of us. Like Valentine's Day, what's your typical sort of feeling on holiday, not holiday? How does it go for you? Are you actually a thoughtful one person? Do you pretend to be a thoughtful person? I'm in the latter camp. Um, so. Mr. Angle, holiday, not holiday, thoughtful, not thoughtful. This is not a holiday because as Americans, we can choose what we decide to celebrate and what we choose not to celebrate. My company gives me something called floating holidays. And I'm allowed to use them for whatever I want because they don't actually give me off for half the days that my uh, wife's company gets off for. She asks me all the time, hey, are you off for, there's some holiday on Monday, right? That the, the Daytona President's 500 day. President's go. Day. Guess what I'm not off for? That guy's day. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't know why we have to celebrate the presidents. I'm just, you know, that seems like, as Dan Patrick pointed out earlier this week, seems like they've already had a well enough life. We didn't need to celebrate them further. You know, they were president. But... Uh, no, this is not a holiday. And simply on the uh, fact that if you choose to celebrate it, that's fine. I am also, as a bastion of inclusivity um, and just really um, just wanting everybody to feel included. I know that's very important in today's society. Um, I think it's really rude that whatever the amount of society is that's single um, is immediately felt to feel left out. And uh, and I think that that's really um trying to think of the right words, the, the key uh, buzzwords and keywords I should use. I think that that's very, um, uh, just very divisive and, and not very inclusive. So it's not a holiday. And in America nowadays, we can just decide what we want. And that makes it true. So. Yeah, I, I like your work to try to get the algorithm to like you. Um, <laughs> Morgan, holiday or not holiday, what do you think? Uh, Damn Hallmark made up holiday man to sell shit. Big greeting card yeah. lobby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what uh, two two year olds and three year olds getting in now? Just uh, let's let's talk about it. Three different three different stores last night looking for Valentine's Day cards, little little box cards, whatever the heck you want to call them. The kids would give out to each other. Um, I'm guessing now they do it at two and three years old. Whatever. Um, Now, yeah, should I have not waited to the last second? Sure. You know, mind your own damn business, though. I go into the damn (laughs) store. um, 
and all three stores I went to, they were already packing up shit in the shopping carts, and around the damn corner is like St. Patrick's Day shit ready to go out. Like, damn, you can't even, like, they weren't even waiting for damn the day of to get there. They were already ready to wipe the, the, the aisles clean of anything Valentine's Day related before Valentine's Day even came. They're like, the hell if you late late bloomers. You, no, we're we're ready to put out, you know, the, the drunk holiday stuff now. Um, <laughs> so was it getting... what was it Brody and Bridges class that was doing yes. them or just Brody? Both. What? <laughs> yeah. So thank you, parents. Thank you, teachers. You sent home little goodie bags of shit that my kids don't need, shit that I don't want them to have. Stuff that's going to clutter up my house. Candies, which my kids don't have. Um, and then they don't understand why they can't have it. So now you got me being the bad guy telling my kid he can't have shit that if he breaks it, his sister might pick it up and try to eat it and choke on it. And the candy they can't have. Like, in what world do you send candy, like sugar, home with two and three-year-olds at the end of the day? Back. Wait, wait. When M, I can do the preamble to this at some point. When M get, came home with her box of crap, it literally was what you're describing. It was candy and bars. There's a little like Pop Tart yeah. uh, thing. Uh, there were glow sticks. And I, yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah, give them glow sticks, shit that they can chew on. I was going to say, isn't that kind of dangerous? Yeah, very much is. Uh, Brody broke open a glow stick about a year ago, flung shit everywhere. That was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, just like guys give them shit they can chew on, and, and yeah, just what the hell? Did they? Uh, did is this you mandated? do? Is this mandated? By the way, did they tell you like you have to go get valentines for people? No, they no, you don't. But they make you they. They they set it up so if you don't do it, you don't have to do it, but you know, he might be the only one who doesn't. So now you're making me feel like shit, like crap. Yeah. Like, oh, you're gonna make me think my kid's gonna be left out. Like, good luck. You can't make it, me feel like crap. I'm married. It, it basically is <laughs> <laughs> They they basically they can't force you to do it, right? But uh but it's basically like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't want your child to be the only one without any Valentines. Exactly. Like that's basically how yeah, it's phrased. Pope, pope, guilt trip, pope, pope. So, so. you don't bring your kid. You say no, we're not doing that. We're anti-commercial crap. Then your kid just sits in the corner while everybody else exchanges lollipops. Just tell yes. them my family's yeah. anti-dumb shit. <laughs> but teach it, a kid it, to say go ahead say what no say it I, I was just teaching to say well my, my mommy and daddy say I don't, I don't have to listen to you if I don't like what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like uh, Talladega Nights um, <laughs> where he was he was saying what's the capital of North Carolina I said Washington D.C. She said, you're wrong. And I said, you got a lumpy butt. 
<laughs> is that the exchange that we're we're aiming for here? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So you went to three stores, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredible. And we we weren't that bad. I'm going to hype it up, make it sound worse than it was, but uh, because that's what you do. But we we asked Emmy like what sort of Valentine's does she want once we got the memo. Like, oh, Valentine's is a thing that's happening. And so she wanted, you know, like princess stuff, right? Because she's into like the Disney princess stuff. So Target had some. They were pretty cheap. We were like, all right, great. Did any of the Targets near us have them? No, of course not. So we were sitting there looking at it. And I was like, well, look at this. Look at that. I mean, we we could have gotten it in the area, but we've had to drive a little ways. We actually went out of state to get them. Across Whew. state lines to get them. Because when we were going to Road Trip to Raleigh, the Rocky Mount Target, Rocky Mount, North Carolina, had the batch that we were looking for. The particular, the the princess cards that, that would make our child happy. So we ordered them for pickup like two days out because they'll hold it for you for two or three days, Target Sharpers of the world. So we ordered it, let them hold it for a couple days. And on our way to road trip to Raleigh, we went through Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, stopped at Target, got ourselves a Starbucks from the Target Starbucks, and picked up her cards so that we could bring them back to Northern Virginia and make sure that she had a wonderful Valentine's Day. So we, a little bit of a stretch to say, oh, we crossed state lines, but we did. We crossed state lines to get those cards. And then when we get the batch, we we just gave out cards, all these to Morgan's point, all these kids gave out yeah. candy and crap. We gave out and we were, and we were just like, "What is this? This was not the assignment. The assignment was Valentine's." <laughs> Angle, your nieces have they had experiences with this that you are aware of anyway? No, I don't. I don't discuss these things with them. Um, <laughs> but not with them, but with the parents. Uh, no, if I know, I'd, I'd be uncomfortable speaking on behalf of my brother. My brother would, my brother would do everything, his, his wife would do everything in her power to make sure that the girls felt included at school. However, and I'm sure, because I just spent time with them, my, my nieces, I'm on my side, that, um, they're, they're all my nieces and nephew, but, um, they would be unicorns for sure. I know that they're at the unicorn stage, a hundred thousand percent. However, would they want to do it? I can assuredly say to you, no. Would they feel that it was a waste of money? I can assuredly say to you, yes. And would they want the basket of crap that came home? Absolutely not. Are the girls old enough to know that the basket of crap is being taken away from them and be very, very upset about it and throw a fit? Also, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we were sort of talking about this earlier. Morgan, I'll, I'll ask you this. Did they come home, meaning your your two children, did they come home like extra grumpy that day when they had all the whole Valentine's party and just at the end of that day, were they like tired and grumpy and sort of hard to deal with? 
You talking? You asking me? Yeah. Yeah. They uh no. They they came home excited, ready to open their bags of goodies, impatient, and then they got to open it and not get to really have any of it. <laughs> so, oh, look at this great! Look at this great stuff you can't have. Thank you, teachers, for sending home a bunch of plastic stuff that will probably break within 48 hours. And you don't even think about that. There are some kids out there who get quickly attached to certain things when you give it to him. And if it breaks easily, that is a meltdown that you don't have to deal with. True. That's true. We so you just look at him crying. It's just like you feel bad for him. At the same time, there's that I don't want to say asshole part of my side in the back of my head. It's just like, like really, dude, you're crying over this. Like and, <laughs> there, you, you you just wait, buddy. Give it about twenty some years, man. There's a lot more stuff out there that's gonna make you cry. And you, you you're gonna look back at this, and then you're gonna look back at this and wish that that's the only thing you had to cry about. If I gave you a bottle of water bourbon or like Jameson, because it's, you know, drunk uh, holiday season now. And then I said, but you can't have it ever. I'm just going to keep it for myself, but it's yours. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that that's the adult version of the gift bag that they give to kids that they then bring home and are excited about and then can't have. True. What if I let you drive all True. the way home True. from the liquor store? <laughs> and then I took it from True. you. <laughs> They're, they're, the big difference there is, though, a kid can't be like, okay, well, the heck with you. I'll go to the store and get my own. Right. True. <laughs> so yeah. I can just be like, all right, well, you enjoy that bottle. I'm going to go buy myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the hell of it for the kids, right? They're just oh, like, yeah. well, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> they said no. So now I'm going <laughs> to scream. Exactly. Uh, as a kid, you know what we used to do? And my sister, uh, I doubt you listens to this but she can absolutely attest to this so this is when i learned how to become a good spy you uh you, you look and see where your parents are putting the stuff if you follow quietly if you have to and then you have envision or you uh figure out a way so if it's on top of the fridge easy dad keeps the ladders in the garage now whether or not a 12-foot ladder is going to fit in a six-foot kitchen on top of a four-foot fridge or whatever I, the math may be wrong there but you know you'll you figure it out whether or not you can get that ladder inside without clanking around and making a lot of noise. I don't know. You figure it out. I'm just saying that next time they won't put it on top of the fridge. They'll put it in their room. They'll lock the door. That's easy. We can go to dad's drawer. We can find a few paper clips. We can start jimmying the lock. <laughs> so if you're a kid and you're listening to our podcast out there and you want to get into some trouble, your parents didn't throw away your gift bag. They kept it for the days when you're, being a nuisance and a headache they didn't just toss that stuff away no they kept it for themselves they want those whoppers for themselves so figure out where they hid your stash and then go in there and find your stuff and take back what's yours also if you're a kid and you're listening to this podcast you probably shouldn't be <laughs> i don't know we we've, we've got some uh child supporters out there our, our kansas city <laughs> contingent so <laughs> Although after our anti-Super Bowl rants and right. pro-Patriot yeah. rants, we may not have them anymore. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying the kids out there they should stand up for what's theirs. This is this is what uncles are good for, just telling kids to do things against their parents. <laughs> Let me show you what the parents. <laughs> oh my. Um Logan, 
Holiday, not holiday. Well, I mean, this is a couple's day, right? I've, I'm under the impression that I'm not allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> oh, is that how it works now? In uh, that's what I. Uh, that's what I've been told. It's not your lived experience. You're not able yeah. to speak on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in a couple, so I've, I've been. I've, I was told I wasn't allowed to speak on this, so I don't know. But the hell with that. Um, I'll tell you what I think. I. <laughs> It's very much not a holiday. It's more of a scam. It's big greeting card, uh, the lobby, uh, just like you guys were saying. And it's really just like if you think about the whole premise of it, it's it wasn't really thought out very well. And it's it's really just to paraphrase Barney Stenson, Valentine's Day is stupid. Like it's a <laughs> it's a dumb day on a what is it like a Tuesday, middle of the week, beginning of the week that they typically have it on. It's, they they it's always the fourteenth, but. Yeah, whatever. It's they, this year. This year was a Tuesday. See, I mean, that's how disconnected I am from this ridiculous fake holiday. But regardless of what day it falls on, you're expected to go and do something extravagant, go to dinner, go somewhere that you normally wouldn't. And they, the female contingent makes a big deal about this day. They enjoy this day. They want to go out and do things. The male contingent kind of acquiesces. They don't really want to do it, ladies. If we for our female listeners, I know that's like 15 percent of the people that listen to this podcast. I look at the analytics. They don't really want to do it. They just go along to get along. And then you have the single females. The single females start posting all the Galentine's day celebrations they have not valentine's but galentine's them and their single friends get together and they have little parties and they give each other cards and these are not you know two and three year olds these are girls in their 20s and 30s they are give each other a little they send each other roses if they don't live in the same city and they write each other sweet little notes and then they post it on instagram because god knows if you don't do that it didn't happen and (laughs) they have like little parties and they exchange gifts because they don't want to feel left out they want to make sure that they are you let everybody knows that they are celebrating the day. It's just it's ridiculous at its core. And then you have the third contingent within the uh the female demographic. The ladies who don't celebrate Galentine's as much, but they and cuz I saw this twice from two different people I know. They post a selfie on Instagram and they tell all their lady friends, "Happy Independence Day, queen." And I near about fell out of my chair laughing when I read that. <laughs> I was like, this is the most ridiculous Gen Z bullshit I have ever seen in my life. And I just am like sitting there. I didn't even realize it was Valentine's Day to tell you how much this day means to me until I got on social media. And I was like, huh, there's a weird amount of people posting about their significant other today. I was like, what, is, what are the odds? And then I realized, oh, it's Valentine's Day. This is why. <laughs> and my last point on why Valentine's Day is stupid is Valentine's Day can actually get you in trouble. When I was in high school, a classmate of mine named Bradley, I won't say his last name, but his, his name was Bradley. He gave a Valentine to a girl. He had a, gave him to a few of them, but he only got in trouble over one because the contents of the card may not have been what the school, the Christian private school we went to, deemed appropriate. He got suspended because the card read as follows. Happy Valentine's Day. My heart is not the only organ that you make throb. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he got in trouble, as he probably should have, and got suspended from school. But you know who's really to blame? 
the big greeting card lobby for creating that card and tempting him with this for him to give it to an unsuspecting, innocent young high school uh, classmate of his. And he got in trouble because Valentine's Day can do that to a man. Just saying. Valentine's Day is a scam. He just went to the wrong school. <laughs> Morgan's like, hell, everybody gave those out in my school. <laughs> For the record, can I ask one maybe, question? Maybe you shouldn't go uh-huh. to a nun school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Penguins running around smacking your hand for rulers. <laughs> did did the chick like him? Or was no. this an unwanted? Oh, so this no, is no, no, no. So of, uh, this. This guy, again, I'm not going to say his last name by the off chance somebody that knows him hears this because he's probably grown up and becoming uh, a more mature human being. But um, <laughs> he was a little bit of a perv back when we were juniors and seniors in high school. He was, he was on the nerdier side, wasn't very popular. So he made his name by he, – he found out when he made a few perverted comments that people started laughing. So he leaned into that. It got to the point that some of them didn't even make sense, but uh, to us when we were 17, they were kind of funny. And it got to a point that every girl in our high school class senior year wouldn't wear the color yellow because he once said to a girl who was wearing yellow, girl, you so fine, I'd peel you like a banana. And he, that same year, he did a geometry project where we had to do like take real life examples of like angles, like acute angles of two singles. He entitled his and used images uh, for his geometry project called Girls and Their Angles. <laughs> shit you not this is true as the day is long this is what this young man did um he he was quite a character uh definitely a definitely i don't think you could get away with that as much these days that was you know over 10 years ago but it he got away with that one i think it was the valentine's day card that kind of broke the straw that broke the camel's back for him with this he was he was already on thin ice and that one just kind of sucked him to the bottom <laughs> So, Dustin, you asked if we consider ourselves to be thoughtful. I think, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you say Jenny always says? It's not in your series of strengths or something? Yeah, it's, I, it's I, don't, I don't know. I don't listen all that good. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, def, it's def, definitely not my, uh, definitely not my strength. You know, gift giving, being thoughtful. I have other uh, qualities. I think that's what you're thinking of. I have other qualities. That's what I knew. It was a very positive way of saying that you're not always the best at that. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what Morgan or Logan would say. I would say that for whatever it's worth in my particular relationship, I actually, and I'm, my wife does listen to this podcast. I think I'm actually perhaps the more thoughtful or dare I say the more romantic one. I can tell you that every Valentine's Day that I've had, I don't feel the need to go out and do something, but I will at least make the attempt to show my wife that the other 364 days, yes, were nice, but I do have the ability to try and think of you extra special on this day just because when you say don't get me anything, which is a key trap for most people, my wife does actually mean don't get me anything because I would prefer to take our money, put it in a piggy bank called the investment, you know, <laughs> market over here and do something else with it. So I tend to be the one that is a little bit more thoughtful. And the only reason I'm pointing it out is because I wonder if that's opposite of, well, Logan, I guess you don't get an opinion, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but 
No, I'm just kidding. But I wonder if that's the same for you guys. Are you guys less thoughtful or more, or the more thoughtful one in the relationship? Do you think? Because I'm I'm definitely the one that like at least tries to like be somewhat thought out. Whereas she's like, oh, she's like you, Logan. She's like, oh, is it Valentine's Day? All right, whatever. I've emailed her. <laughs> yeah, uh, my wife's a thoughtful one, not me. But that's an easy one. I don't, I don't think about. I just don't think about those things. I don't put a lot of effort and thought into them. Don't intend to in the future. And, you know, she knew what she was getting. <laughs> Good for you. I wish I could be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I get to in my own head about it. What's she going to say? What's she going to It's like, wait, she's already, she's been married to you for a while. She, she kind of has to live with it. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, what's your response? I have no response. <laughs> I don't. I played the fifth. I played one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I would say I am probably the more thoughtful person than than uh, Crystal. In fact, uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to say too much more about that. <laughs> on the off chance that this episode gets listened to. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got enough things. I got enough things thrown at my head on a daily basis. Fair enough. I don't want to get you in trouble. I've seen you post pictures of stuff you've given her, and you're you're a thoughtful dude. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was in just trying to answer of- your your original question, Dustin. <laughs> That's in all. terms of gift giving, I actually am a pretty thoughtful gift giver. Like growing up when it was time to get presents for like mom and grandma and everything, once we got to be like old enough to buy our own shit, um, Dustin and Landon and me would collaborate on that. And they always would be like, well, you're the one who's going to ultimately make the decision on that. So like, I, I kind of filled that Just role money. <laughs> with yeah. us. And, and there have been times in a past life, when um, uh, a lady friend may have been involved that I it was pretty thoughtful person to a point that I look back on it now and I'm like, well, what the fuck was I thinking? But that may have just been more along the lines of how it turned out versus <laughs> versus the not the gift giving in the it, at the time it happened. Not necessarily an indictment of the thoughtfulness. Yeah, it's not an indictment of the thoughtfulness, more of just like, was it all worth it? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's generally not worth it it's generally, <laughs> it's generally a lot of pressure and quite frankly if you ever go out to eat it's never the freaking menu that you want anyways it's always the the chef didn't feel like making anything because he's lonely and so like he's just going to make these five things and we're just going to charge you a time and a half for it and it's called pre prefix or whatever the fuck i'm sure there's a better way of saying <laughs> And which basically just means like you're it, it, it's previously fixed that you're going to get fucked. And I don't mean, in, you know, after the fact, I mean, during the meeting. <laughs> he's talking about mean- uh, dinner, not dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so It's true. It's such a scam. This whole thing's a scam. All these holidays, we oh. celebrate uh, Easter, 4th of July. Easter's Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't realize where you're going with that. I was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> we, we, we should celebrate. Like, that's those. a hot take. <laughs> Would be. No, I, I, I do agree. Those are the only hot takes. We should celebrate. What's that? Easter, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Those are the four. And Easter. Yeah. Easter, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas. You could do one for each season. Do the, yeah. the spring is just about summer. Thanksgiving is fall, and Christmas is winter. I think that's a there reasonable plan. The only one that I would say add as a you know like with vowels, it's like um, sometimes why is what they say at the end. Why is not always a vowel, but sometimes it is. You should add sometimes St. Patty's Day. Not always, but if you feel like going out and doing something and you, you know, you're still in that age range, St. Patty's Day can be a fun time. So not not a solidified holiday, but sometimes St. Patty's. Yeah. We have I didn't mention it because I'm solidly outside of that zone. <laughs> can we have Memorial Day instead or maybe Labor Day? Does Labor Day give us as opposed to St. Patty's Day? Because everybody kind of has you know what? We'll, we'll just amend that then. We'll just say it's your floating holiday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you get five. You can choose you get, one. Yeah, you get four set in stone, <laughs> one floating holiday. Don't waste it. <laughs> Starting to sound like work all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be strategic about your holidays. And then you get to like October and they're like, uh, we can't all take off at once, guys. All right. So uh, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and take time off while I'm in the middle. Yeah, whatever. Nobody can <laughs> complain about work. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts for the for the world on Valentine's Day? Do we have any creative? Probably not. Do we have any creative things you can do as opposed to the card or flowers or something else? Wait, you can so do like, other stuff. Hand hand make everything. I don't know. Well, put a little that, bit more love. Put a little bit more love into it. No. There's a there's a problem with younger girls with that because then they think you're just being cheap and be like, you can do better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Well, you know what? There's a mall over there. Go find you somebody who can do better. <laughs> they're gonna be like what's a mall morgan there's a local food line i don't know <laughs> i love that morgan's like i'm out of the game i don't know <laughs> i literally it, it, it if, if for whatever God knows, whatever reason happened, I ever ended up single again, I would not make it. And I would never date again, ever. <laughs> I couldn't handle this shit today. I, my patience is I'd go on like, it's like far, first five minutes on a date. I'd probably be like, yeah, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going home. We, I'll pay the bill. Just send me a receipt. We we would find Morgan at Jerry Allen. That's where he would be. Dating in the social media heavy era is a chore. Um, it was different ten years ago than it is even now. Because if you don't, because I, I had a buddy just telling me today, his girlfriend, it was who they was fun twenties. <laughs> he was telling me just today that 
you know, they had a nice evening. But the fact that he didn't post anything on Instagram, his, his lady friend got upset and said, do you even care about me? So it's different. There's an extra contingent. They see what they see what everybody else is doing on Instagram. They see their friends oh, going here to the pick I apples bet. in some orchard. They see them in Miami. Why can't I do that? It's the thought that goes through their mind. You never take me anywhere. Trust me. I would have so much it's a fun. Lot. It, I would have so much it, fun with that. Oh, it's all about setting the expectations. I, I'm solidly away from social media, and I've never been the guy who like posts that kind of stuff. I set that expectation from the beginning, and it's all good. He doesn't expect it. I, I imagine maybe some of these kids who grew up seeing it have different thoughts, but you got to yeah, set that expectation because if once you once you start down that road, you got to do it forever. You know where I think this starts: these expectations that you have to post about them on Instagram once you've had a wonderful time with them. Uh, you have to post about the pumpkin carriage you rode in. You have to post about a nice glass slippers. You have to post about everything else. Um, I think it starts when. Kids come home with all the Tootsie Rolls and the Lollipops, and the parents just let them have whatever they want. So I think they start early being fat and lazy and entitled, and then they just grow and they're just entitled people who care about which side of the hair is parted on or whatever they care about nowadays that Logan always tells us about. <laughs> there are different expectations younger generations, because as I was uh, driving down the road listening to the radio, because I'm an old man, um, they were talking about uh, a recent big survey of high school students it was a serious topic but the point was they were talking about the impact of social media on that general on these younger generations and there is definitely a different expectation and relationship with social media that did not exist when i was in high school barely existed when i was in college right. and while i have somewhat of a relationship with social media i missed it and these kids are growing up with it. And there is definitely something to that. Now, what that means for society and all the things, I don't know. I I can tell you what I was thinking about as I was listening to the radio driving on the road. How much I dread having to manage that with a child growing up in a younger generation. That's what I was thinking about. Well, I can tell you the point that I noticed it and where it all started. Um, was it was about two years after I graduated high school, so around 2014, when this whole promposal bullshit became a trend, because social media kind of like <clears throat> taken full gear by that point, and it's not enough to ask a girl to go to prom. She might say no if you just do that. You have to get uh like it's a project for fucking school, and get this damn uh like the post-it board, the big board you did your projects on and put macaroni on it and surprise her with a gift and say, will you go to prom with me and make sure somebody's taking photos of it? Because that's the the usual thing for people to ask for a prom date now. Like it's all crazy. I've missed it by like two years. Thank God. Because I probably would have just said to hell with it. I'll just go by myself. Cause I, I oh just my. was like, what in who the world? Posts, who posted the girl? Do you then give the girl the photo so she can post that she was wooed for prom? So yeah, like there's two ways to do it. Like these days are getting more complex because of TikTok and videos. So like they'll they'll have a third person there videoing it now, and then they'll post that. It used to be when um, a couple years after I got out of high school, when this became a trend, that 
you'd ask with all that stuff. And then if she said, yes, you took a photo together and the kids would post it being like, Oh, we're going to prom. And I'm like, you're going to prom. You're not getting married. Chill out there, chief. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, when TikTok gets banned, we won't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, Instagram still is the, still is the thing. <laughs> this is a big topic of conversation. Um, at guys weekend in the past three or four years because there's guys that are older than us so we're nearing our 40s there's guys that are uh i'm basically the same age as travis pastrana and there's guys that are older than me that are have kids that are like 10 and like it's a problem if they don't have a cell phone and it's been a problem for like three or four years and the parents are like real assholes if like they don't give their parents or their kids a cell phone and like they're finding like other ways around it like Call of Duty, and then they, you know, which is apparently fine. Okay, so Instagram's a problem, but like Call of Duty's fine. I mean, I, I'm not going to moralize here, but whatever. So like they're allowed to do that or whatever, and then their kids are exchanging ideas and slang and who knows what back and forth. And where did you learn that? And like you'd be amazed how much of the time, at least it seems to me, that the older parents are sitting around conversing to what you said, Dustin, about I know it's a problem for my brother. And God forbid, I know my brother-in-law listens to this. We talked once about this with his daughter, and and she's already, I hope I'm not putting too much out there, but she already, uh, sometimes the tablet gets taken away. We'll just say it like that. <laughs> so, so uh, and, and that's them trying to be good parents, not, you know, like, why don't, I don't know, why don't we go outside? Or why don't you, like, there's guests over. Why don't you just not sit on your tablet? <laughs> So, and she's not that old. So, oh, I don't, I don't have kids. I can't imagine. I can't imagine driving around to three stores looking for Valentine's for a two-year-old or a three-year-old who's not going to know the difference anyways. I just. Oh. It happens as yep. we discussed earlier. It's all a mess. Is it raising American a society peaked in 2010 and it's been downhill ever since. Isn't raising a kid hard enough on its own? Like, just not screwing them up. Like, isn't that, like, good enough? We have to now commercialize everything. And My goodness. Sorry. That just sounds like an anti-commercial screed. <laughs> I just... <laughs> huh. I mean, I think so, but, you know, you don't want your kid to be the only one. Oh, but the kids no, will love no it. Valentine's the kids will love it. What if my kid's the only one to go to Harvard? Does that make my kid bad? <laughs> what if my kid just, to Morgan's point, what if my kid just comes in and is the, quote, only one to tell the teacher off? I mean, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that make my kid better than that? I, I, I could see English kid now. I kid who's ready to pass out Valentine cards. Oh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I would give my kid adult, well, maybe not at the prices nowadays. I would That's what I'd say airplane, <laughs> out airplane miles. For the parents. That's the best <laughs> way to get, get on the parents' good side. First of all, anytime you need like a pickup in the carpool line and they got your back. Hey, remember the angles? They gave us Jack Daniels. But, uh, <laughs> we, we, we got airplane bottles of gin. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be uh, like it, it's like Tommy Boy 
when uh, he met his his stepmom, soon to be stepmom. He's like, "Oh, is that for me, Dad?" He's like, "No, son, that's for me." (laughs) (laughs) Big scam that Valentine's Day. It is. It's Hallmark just trying to make some money. Not sure who saw this coming. A podcast called Miserable and Reckless with four dudes sitting around how talking about how stupid Valentine's Day is. Yeah, two out of the last three weeks we've shit on the Super Bowl and now Valentine's Day. Tune in next week. <laughs> See what what the next thing we decide we hate. <laughs> Maybe cancel corner. We'll come back around and cancel Valentine's Day. <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> all right be sure to uh, check the description for these episodes there's a link that says click here to leave a voicemail we'd love to hear your thoughts on valentine's day um are you for it or are you against it is it a holiday is it not is it just one big giant scam by the big greeting card lobby i don't know you tell us uh it says click here to leave us a voicemail click that text you to speakpipe.com slash cold cans click the button speak your piece send it to us we'll play it on the show be sure to give us five stars and a great review on spotify and apple Podcasts, and check out the website miserable-reckless.com for this episode of miserable and reckless i'm logan sitting here with morgan dustin ryan we'll see you next time